and now Giratina. Giratina. Uh, Giratina. I can't. <laughs> Look, this is Chris's funny pronunciation, not mine. I'm just rolling with it, okay? Look, it's to save time, and every time we just... we. we... We subvert the purpose of it by explaining to each other, not even to listeners, what we're doing. Just like to each other. At one point, it'll be natural and it'll save time. And by that point, we'll never see another Giratina again. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Dude, where's my mon? I want it all dark right now. Team Rocket members be flexing on us. Mew 2, more like Mew 6%. Old Pokemon learn new tricks. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to GoCast episode 65. It's October 1st. Uh, who else is also here with me? My name is Chris. It's, it's Kyle. He's here. Hiya. Hey, that was probably the most awkward introduction I've ever done, uh, but we're going to roll with it because, boy, do we have quite the show and I don't have time to stop and go back and gather myself. I'm going to leave my brain back there where, where I dropped it. OK. All right. Cool. So before we get started and I try to, you know, get in touch with reality again, two quick shout outs to our brand new patrons, Lucas and Jerry. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so, so, so much for uh, helping support our show. And we hope that you're enjoying the Discord thus far. It's only been like, what, probably a couple of days, I think. Hope you're taking to it like a fish takes to water. I probably should have said a Pokemon reference. Golding takes to water. It's that moment's it gone. Work. All right. Yeah, no, no, no. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to GoCast. Boy, Kyle, let me say, before we dive into anything, like really, this is going to be a doozy. There is so much stuff to talk about. Uh, I hope that you are ready for this. Uh, I've seen the write-up. I didn't realize quite so much was to talk about this week. Okay, well, glad to hear that you did not confirm nor deny that you were ready. Because uh, nope. I'm also not going to confirm nor deny that we're ready. We're just going to wing it and see how it goes. Okay, let's start with the past because that's familiar and safe. Your goals for last week, let's see. Yes, the ledger says 26 on your Unova medal. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. We'll, we both had Unova medal goals. We'll do our check in just a moment here. 200,000 Stardust? No. What? Look, I didn't get to play very much this week. It was a failure. God, let's just let's go with that. All right. I got like I got like 100,000. Okay, you know what? That's respectable. That's but it's not good enough. So, no on that one. Nay nay. Okay. Well, this last goal, aside from your Unova medal, of course, win one match. And that's referring to our Hero Cup, our custom cup we're doing. I did. You sure we did. Had, we've had 3 rounds so far, I believe. And who'd recording. you win against? And I beat Chris in the first round. You sure did. <laughs> yep, knocked me right right out of my, you know, perfect score right away. Uh, not that it was going to happen. That wasn't an expectation, but oof, man. Anything else interesting happen in your week? Uh, you didn't catch three more shiny Swablus? <laughs> no, no more shinies this week. I did catch 100% Caterpie, which was like, it's just like, you know, that, that's fun. Is it a Butterfree now, or are you going to keep it at 100% Caterpie? I haven't figured out yet. I'm I'm one of those people who, when they get something nice, I, 
I hesitate to to evolve it. Like I have not evolved any shinies except for community day shinies and low tad because I didn't want to keep the regular low tad for reasons. <laughs> okay. So fair enough. You know, um, quick pro tip to those of you that are keeping shinies for trading potential because you're like, this is really rare. Maybe I can get like a rare Pokemon that I, you know, you start recently playing. You're like, oh. I'm going to use this as a leverage for a rare catch or whatever from a long time ago or a legacy. Keep that if it has evolutions, keep it at the first tier evolution so that the people that want the shinies, the reason that they want them is they want the dex entries is one of the things. If you evolve it all the way up to its final form, it loses the value quite a bit for those people because they won't get the registration for the first and or second tier if there is a third tier evolution. I'm I'm thinking smart here. Like, just don't worry about the four shiny Aerons I have and no shiny Agron. Yeah, in that situation, I would definitely evolve them. But, you know, that, <laughs> I can't, that's me. I can't bring myself to do it. I just, I, you you don't want to be responsible for bringing another Agron into the world. <laughs> this, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have any Agrons and it's going to stay that way. <laughs> oh, man, I regret all the Agrons I keep. Anyway, uh, anything else happening in your week? No, except for like Unova. We can talk about the Unova medal in a moment, but nothing significant. It was a mellow week for Pokemon Go for me. Okay, well, uh, buckle up because apparently this upcoming week and or month and or stretch of our lifetime is going to be quite busy. So glad you got to take a little break, huh? (laughs) How was your week, though? For myself, one of my goals is currently kind of up in the air. I wanted to be top three for Hero Cup out of the 10 participants. Uh, We haven't finished yet. We still have our final round, so I may yet still do okay. Although I think because I lost a game, that might not happen, but we'll see. I also wanted to get a shiny Giratina, and that definitely happened last week. I'm very thrilled about that. It's awful IVs, but that's, you know, the shiny code. So I wasn't expecting anything else. Uh, And then I also wanted to get 27 in my Unova medal, and I suppose this is as good a time as any to talk about our Unova medals. I guess so. You wanted to be 26. I wanted to be 27 because I had to outdo you by at least one. Kyle, what is your number? 23. 24. Ah, well. Oh, buddy. You You want to talk about your Tepig woes today? I do. (laughs) All right, please. Just lay it out. That's okay. I'm I'm, I'm here for you. (laughs) There was one thing that happened this week that I didn't mention last week. If you were here. I went out to an Oshawa nest in my area. It was like a 20 minute drive away. And I camped out there for a few hours to catch enough to evolve a samurai. Well, there were a couple of Tepig nests declared in my region. So I'm like, all right, I'll go to one of the closer ones, which was also about 20 minutes away and catch as many as I can. Maybe I'll get enough to, to finish out the line. So I get there. Find out that it's actually like the other side of a park that I normally play Pokemon Go at. And I didn't even realize because the street address was so different. I walk around the entire park. It's 90 degrees outside, by the way, here. So it's it's warm to the entire park. Not one Tepic. It's not a nest. I don't I don't know what it's a nest for if it is a nest, but it wasn't a Tepic nest. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you think that maybe that there was that report before the spawn? change happen i don't think so unless it's happened very recently because the ashwat nest and the tepig nest were reported at the same time so okay interesting all right but, well sorry I'm, about so that. I'm, I'm there and i'm like 
well, this is unfortunate. This was like what I had planned for my day. And I check my the community discord. <laughs> That's a tall like, order for your day. I was going <laughs> to just sketch tepping all day in this one park. Come yeah, on, man. You know? I mean, I already did the, the stuff I had to do in the morning, but gotcha, so I check gotcha. my discord for other tepping nests. There's one more, but it's like 45 minutes away. And I'm like, no, tepping. I'm sorry. You're not worth that right now. Yeah. But you know what would have been worth it? You would have beaten me by one. Instead of, I would have beaten you, yeah. but I would not have gotten my goal. So that's true. Know. Well, yeah. It's, oh, you would have been one short. No, you would have hit it. No, because I already have tepping. I, I already. Have oh, gone, I didn't like, think you had tapping. one. Okay. Well, uh, I finally got my Oshawott and my Servine today. I was very thrilled about that. Uh, just uh, walked all week for those guys. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's move on. There's so much ground to cover here. And okay, let's let's hop into the news. Okay, the, the biggest thing we're probably going to talk about today, or at least I thought so until today happened, and there's been a lot of brand new news today. So my priority listing is, is all thrown off, my goodness. We're going to talk about the global spawn point restructure, and this information is coming from GoHub. So if you're unaware of what's going on with this topic in general, Niantic put out a remark on social media that was basically like, hey, we're fixing, or rather, I think the word they use was optimize. We're optimizing player experience uh in particular we're looking at spawns and spawn density in relation to number of players you know new information for cell traffic and stuff like that um and and this was interpreted as relatively positive for a lot of people that got like spawns near their home that they didn't have before or where there was only a few spawns but a lot of people playing there was then these great big you know nests and stuff like that things seem to get condensed there's all these different reports and just as many people if not more also took to the streets of the internet to voice their uh, discontent with seemingly being robbed of their spawns, whether they moved, whether they're completely gone. There is a member of our Discord by the name of Catherine. You'll hear from her later as well. She wrote an awesome email for us. Uh, but she was talking about how her entire town basically got stripped out of most of their farming spots, their routes and stuff like that. And if there's one thing that's true about Pokemon Go players, they are creatures of habit we love our <laughs> patterns we love our walks you move some stuff around we're gonna notice i mean come on it's not like you change the doorknobs in a place that i haven't been in in five years like i you know i i use the door every day sort of thing you know what i mean like we, we get it we see it so anyway this is what gohub had to say about the whole thing and they've aggregated some comments from people on the internet so Spawns have changed globally. We haven't seen any confirmed reports that a specific area was skipped or ignored. It's a sweeping change throughout the whole system. Spawn points were added to places with higher in-game and cellular activity than previously recorded, especially in parks and non-residential areas. Many reports on that. Spawns were removed or reduced from areas where Pokemon were overpopulated in respect to the player count. Multiple points of that as well. Some spawn clusters were reduced, while others were doubled. We are not sure why this happened, but most new cluster spawns come in the shape of four or multiples of four Pokemon. It seems like S2 selectivity is still very much influential in the process of creating spawn points, but it's hard to estimate how exactly this activity is calculated. All right, quick little note on S2 cells. We've never really gone into this, and we've talked about it for probably a year. <laughs> uh, about how the best way for us to talk about it is in depth. We'll probably have to dedicate a gear up to it or something. 
it's pretty complicated. It's basically like how they, you know, determine if a Pokestop or, a, you know, a POI, a point of interest uh, in their in their data, right? The map they have that runs behind this game and Ingress and Wizards Unite. Uh, whether that stop will be a stop, a gym, in the eligible gym, stuff like that. So we'll, t- we'll dig into that some other time. Today is not the time. We need a lot more time than we have today to do it. Next, we've observed a peculiar phenomena where new Pokestops draw, air quotes, spawns from neighboring residential areas closer to the Pokestop location. It's far too early to confirm it, but we've heard anecdotal reports from other players as well. Correlating spawns from Ingress Prime XM still works and proves to be the only exact visualization of potential spawn zones. Okay, beyond this article that was written a few days ago. Also, people are saying that some spawns seem to be returning to areas. We've had some reports of that from people in our Discord. It is so hard to track this sort of thing because they're not fixed. You have to wait for spawns, for things to rotate around, you know what I mean? So... Anyway, I just talked a bunch about this, Kyle. I'm eager to hear your opinion on this whole matter. I think it's kind of a mess. I also I want to agree that the cell activity, the S2 and the all the different types of cell, that stuff is so far above my head. I see those words and my eyes gloss over them because <laughs> like, no, someone else is going to figure that one out and then they're going to let me know because there's no Pokemon there. That's that's too foreign for me. Yeah, but I think it was in poor taste for Niantic to not even say anything about it till after it happened. And then and then to say that it was in players best interest when it I don't know, it seems like it's benefiting some and then hurting others. So it's kind of neutral. Yeah, but it's, it's hard to say if it's like an equal positive exactly. and equal that's negative. The, that's the big yeah. one right there, because like if it's if it's 50 50, right, or if it's like 80 positive, 20 percent negative. OK, like I kind of get it, like the, the spawns missing. Uh, or changing to places where people are, or right, or if they're getting more spread out or more condensed at, at specific points of interest. This whole game is about going to these points and exploring and getting out and, you know, going, right? So if your house spawns were removed, like, it makes sense to me from that perspective. But again, like I said, I mean, creatures of habit, you can't do yeah. this and not expect people to get upset because people, some people plan their days around this game, taking specific routes to and from work. I'll be honest, I don't try and notice spawn points like i notice them subconsciously of course like i know that like halfway down my block there's more pokemon than anywhere else in my neighborhood because it's a spawn point but like that's why this one i don't have as strong a feeling about this one because it kind of just happens and i'm gonna adjust my play accordingly but i'm still gonna go to parks i'm still gonna go to the parks that have you know 10 15 stops in them whether i get better spawns or not you know that's what i'm gonna have to live with kind of thing yeah it's i can understand why people are frustrated because they're kind of at the mercy of this if you have multiple parks you do go to and suddenly they have stops and they don't have spawns that's frustrating that's really frustrating so it's also unclear if this is correlated with the recent legal action Uh, nothing kind of made it seem like what they're doing with this was necessary for them to comply to any sort of settlement or whatever so yeah, uh, it's it's hard to, to talk about this. I, I think we'll probably have to talk about this again next week and see how the state of things are, because it seems that they're changing kind of back or they're reintroducing more spawn points. Uh, most of the YouTubers and, and influencers in the Pokemon Go space were saying that, you know, hey, it looks like they did mean to hedge these back a little bit, I bet. But this seems like way too much. 
So we'll just talk about it again next week and see how it is, I think. I think that's the best way to approach this. Okay. Next piece of news is a tiny little thing, but it is important, especially for those amongst us that like to speculate to our heart's content. Lots of speculation this episode. By the way, Darkrai speculation. This is from GoHub. Simply put, Darkrai, the mythical Pokemon, will be transferable according to a line of code that refers to Darkrai. What this means, or what this could mean for you, the player, us, the greater Pokemon Go community. In the past, we've had mythical Pokemon that come from special research. They are non-transferable because you only get one of them. Examples include Mew, Jirachi, right? Celebi. Oh, man, I almost missed Celebi. <laughs> Holy God. Somebody, somebody out was, there is mortally offended. I was just waiting. It's okay. <laughs> I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have saved you if you hadn't uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. Kyle's got my back. But... Darkrai will be transferable, and an example of a mythical Pokemon that was transferable and also mythical was Deoxys, because, of course, you could do them multiple times because he was in EX raids, so if you couldn't transfer them, that would just stink. So that makes a lot of sense. So we can safely infer that Darkrai will either be in EX gyms or other raids, so... Hard to say, although my money is definitely in EX raids. What do you think, Kyle? It seems kind of crazy for it to not be in EX raids, because if we'll talk about it again a little bit later, if they continue with the EX system, which I'm sure they're going to. It's the most natural fit right now. And he's also a pretty decent Pokemon. So that might that might make people more inclined to do EX rather than not do them like they have in the last year. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the flavor text of most of the conversations for people, besides the whole like, is this going to be an X rates or whatever, people are just celebrating that it's transferable because that really heavily implies that you'll get more than one. And this Pokemon is really good if they don't, you know, kneecap him in scaling like they've done for a couple of their other Pokemon. But generally speaking, it'll probably still be very, very good. So I'm excited about Darkrai. I have been since this generation was coming down the pipeline. He's such a neat Pokemon. So it's exciting to see that maybe we can get better ones. Hopefully sooner rather than later. (laughs) Yeah, my guess, uh, you know, I said at the end of the Giratina cycle, October 16th, we're going to see a Giratina O. But we might just see Darkrai instead because with all the stuff that's coming out, it looks like there's something big coming down the blind. Speaking of that, Let's talk about all this Team Rocket stuff, huh? So all Boy. this information, yeah, is aggregated from GoHub, Twitter, and PokemonGoLive.com. Corrupted Team Rocket files. Okay, so there was a, a small social media push last night, Monday, where they had these, oh, there's Professor Willow found these corrupted files on his computer. It's like all these, like, crazy they look like like broken crt monitor images they're <laughs> i mean am i wrong i mean no you're right, you're right. <laughs> i love it fragmented images teasing three characters were shown similar to the way giovanni was teased uh, during the last team rocket push which by the way we didn't defeat him if you guys don't remember the narrative is currently oh you guys let you have your fun so we're gonna go back to wherever we were before and we'll be back or something so these images there's three people there's like a, a woman holding a pokeball she's like pouting a little bit she looks just like candela in like body language in my opinion or no maybe not maybe blanche what do you think uh, honestly it could be either let's let's be honest here hmm, it could be and there's a real big buff dude he has my heart i love him he's so <laughs> he's so goofy 
He's you heard so it here goofy. first, everybody. Big buff dude has Chris's heart. He does. I like him. I hope he's got like a sense of humor and stuff because just like we'll, we'll get to it. But there's more artwork with more detail out now as of today. Uh, and he just looks. <laughs> just we'll talk about it. Hang on, hang on. And then there's a third one. It looks like a, a male with glasses. And of course, everybody's like, that must be Spark because it looks kind of weird. Uh, now, it, I think they might be goggles. I don't know. Well, hang on. Let's talk about the, the new image since we're in this wheelhouse right here. So new info from the data mine of 0.157.0 has a new loading screen. We have a high res version for us to look at and therefore speculate from. It's the new loading screen that's going to be for the patch that just got pushed today to google devices which means that we'll have it on apple devices in you know a few days so everybody will see this image it's going to be the new loading screen at least that's what we all think and that's what the code implies so kyle how would you describe this image it's intense that's sure is that's that's the way i'd describe this one <laughs> okay so it's it's your nondescript trainer with its back to to us, the viewer, holding a Pokeball. I really like the way that this is set up. Then there's the three Team Rocket admin characters that were teased in those corrupted files. There's the very strong body language woman up front that could either be Blanche or, you know, Candela equivalent. The big buff dude with his arms on his side. <laughs> Just <laughs> this hat. His hat and everything. He just looks like a he looks like a Team Rocket grunt, but like Hulk. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. then the dude with the hair and glasses is just like hanging out and being kind of goofy. And then there's a nondescript spooky guy in the back. I think it's Giovanni. And by that I mean it's definitely Giovanni. Although he has like weird kind of spike going on to his hair, and Giovanni usually has a small head like rounded head so you know that's true maybe it's just it's just a redesign but yeah a new age of hairstyles for giovanni there's a number of shadow pokemon featured on this page first and foremost the most prominent one is a shadow charizard up in the air and he looks absolutely awesome great looks great. he does really really cool uh there's a shadow crobat i'm gonna stop saying shadow in front of all these these are the pokemon all of them are shadow crobat caesar tyranitar a Meowth being kind of cheeky, a Houndoom, an Arcanine, an Absol in the back, a Dragonair behind Buff Dude. That's so strange. And then a Mawile just having a great time on the far left. I don't think any of these are brand new. I think Absol is one of the brand new ones. Absol is definitely new. Is mm -hmm. Meowth a shadow Pokemon? I think Meowth is also new. Meowth must be, which is surprising in retrospect. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, this is all kind of, you know, indicative to me, at least, Kyle, I don't know how you feel of a, a large event happening this October that's probably Team Rocket centric. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm I'm excited. Also, like it's a real minor thing, but there's a there's a Team Instinct gym way in the background. Got to got to point that out. Oh my gosh, there. really? Is that yeah. oh top all left? the way in the background right above the crow? Oh my gosh. OK, well, now I know that this is this is real. So this is an inside job by an instinct player. An I'm instinct sure. gym in a large capital city. It's not possible. This is it's clearly a fake. It's a doctored image. Is is Team Rocket Team Instinct? Is is that what I'm getting? Uh, I don't know if you can be on the show anymore, Kyle. Why not? I don't know. Well, I guess so many. I guarantee you that there's plenty of fans out there who would be like, "I'll join Team Rocket in a heartbeat." 
Oh man, so. I was swimming in the speculation on the internet over these the past like day. And just people were like, if there is uh, Team Rocket versions of my team leader and I get to choose and I can be Team Rocket affiliated and then also still like Valor or whatever, or if they rename them or something like that, because that would be awesome. I was like, okay, it would be certainly interesting, but hmm. I said just pure speculation and the way it kind of has Giovanni on a pedestal. I really hope this is like Rocket Stops, but for gyms. And like they try and take it to that next level Rocket raids. Yeah. Incorporate it into raids. Maybe if you play a little wizards unite, they have, they have their own kind of wizard challenges at what passes for gyms for them. Oh, the fortresses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. I would love working through waves of more and more difficult rocket challenges. Yeah. Also, you're saying that you think who you think matches up with these rocket grinds. I'm going to go against the grain. Because I think it would be funny. The girl is the instinct foil because she's super strict and like rigid. So having mm. her pair against the goofiness that is Spark would be great. And then the guy with the glasses or goggles is probably more zany. So putting him against the rigidness of Kandala or Blanche would be much more interesting. Yeah, Blanche is like very stone cold. I could see that. I could see Buff Dude being a Candela foil for sure. But at the same time, I mean, none of them have to be foils of anything. So uh, whatever. But it's like <laughs> there's three of them like and they're distinct character designs. They're totally right, right. going to tie into something. OK, so one thing I'm going to have to say about Niantic is that they've done so much wonderful work building up the characters of like team leaders and stuff. And Willow has so much more personality now than it did before. So I, I'm excited to see them bring in these other like custom game exclusive characters instead of just like reconstituting previous characters like a generic grunt or Giovanni himself. Like I'm cool with that, but I like that it comes with this flavor of these new characters for sure. So let's put that to bed for now because we're going to speculate for hours if we don't stop. There was a joke at the in the intro bit, and if you were listening, this is this is what it was. I'm so proud of it, but nobody's going to get it. Uh, <laughs> probably will now that I pointed it out. All right, Mewtwo's capture rate. This is from GoHub. Very small point. Mewtwo's capture rate has been increased from two percent to six percent ahead of the EX raid window, and also the raid day. So he'll be roughly three times easier to catch based on the base catch rate. And if you think it to yourself, wow, the G's 2% show is low. It sure is. You're right. It is very low. But remember, if you get a excellent curveball, like golden raspberries in there, you got three on your psychic metal and stuff like that. You're actually getting like, I think it's like, what is that? 12 and a half percent. Yeah, something it's like, like 12 that. or 14, something really close to there. Right. So if you're, if you're like, dang, my catch rate's really good. 2% that's so low. Don't forget all the work that you do in order to increase your chances. Every little bit counts. 2% to 12.5% or 14 or whatever is a huge increase. So from 6, it's going to bring you what to like just under 20%. I think it's more more significant than that because if it's like 2 to 12 or 2 to 14, it's going to be like 6 to 30 because you're increasing by like 5 to 7 fold. Oh, because it's a multi... I didn't... I thought it was added. No, they're, all, I didn't, no, they're, they're all multipliers, yeah. Interesting. And, and at the very least, the curve and the great and ultra throws are multiplicative okay i don't know how your metal factors in but i think that's a flat plus when we covered mewtwo coming out of ex raids last year i got the numbers wrong 
and the numbers I was reading was for his EX capture rate. And with all of the ups and extras with an ultra ball instead of a premier ball, you could get up to like 45%. So that's right. Well, because they they want they you wanted to catch you. the EX right. Pokemon. So that's, I mean, that's just good news for everybody. We'll get back to you guys on the catch rate thing. But I mean, all in all, he's going to be easier to catch. So get excited about that if you're looking forward to Mewtwo, especially for the uh, EX raid window and the raid day that's coming up. That'll be fun. Speaking of uh, events, there's a Lapras mini event, well, multiple events in Japan. This is from GoHub. Uh, this is only really for people that are in the Miyagi prefecture. As a tie-in with the recent edition of Lapras as Miyagi's ambassador, there's going to be a mini event happening. From October 2nd through October 15th, 2019, raid battles will take place at every McDonald's in Japan that's nationwide. From 18 to 19, that's 6 to 7 local time. Additionally, on October 8th, Mewtwo will appear alongside Giratina Origin form. That's only for, again, the Miyagi Prefecture or in Japan in general for some of these for the McDonald's sponsored stops. So if you're a listener in Japan, have fun with those events. And if you're not, sorry, y'all. I feel your pain. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. That was just a, a quick little note. Okay. Spooky legendary raid hours for October. This is from PokemonGoLive.com. We have our new raid hours laid out for us for this entire month. Ultra Form Giratina. What? Can well, you I mean, guess kind of. What time and when these raid hours will take place? Going to give everyone like five seconds. Can you do okay. it? Okay. Yep. Do it. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay. So Is Ultra it Form. Oh, it's it's Wednesday. <laughs> it's it's Wednesday from six p.m. to seven p.m. local time on. October 2nd, October 9th, and October 16th. Well, you're thinking to yourself, Chris, these sound like you were done with that list, but there's two other, there's two other Wednesdays. You're right. The 23rd and the 30th. They're, they're happening. They said they are in this article, but we're just not sure what the future Pokemon is going to be. It's, it's to be announced. So I guess we'll have to get back to you guys, but let's speculate, Kyle. What's it going to be? Giratina origin. (laughs) yeah giratino absolutely that's where my money is so we'll see lastly for news uh wow we're really far into the show for still being in the news section Woo! okay apk 0.157.0 has a very special highlight this is from trails the rather well-known pokemon go data miner this just popped up today there's a new item in the code ticket a colossal discovery so it's a a ticket for an event called a colossal discovery Um, it's related to a special event on november 2nd from 11 a.m to 7 p.m local time an eight hour event yo that's uh (laughs) that's a long time so let's again like i said speculation throughout this entire show colossal event what do you what do you think this one's interesting because it's eight hours long which the the common theory is it's Regigigas, and the major reason why is because Regigigas is the colossal Pokemon. That's his that's his tagline. But what does that have to do with the event being eight hours long? And also, there's there's the previous uh, setup that like special researches have been a blank discovery, a blank situation. So it kind of fits in with that theme we've had going on as well. True. True. I think it's going to be Reg- Regigigas, like you're saying. I think the window is because they're going to have you go out and 
do things uh, with special spawns. If you have a ticket for the event, just like they do at like GoFest, when you attend, they're like, hey, go out and catch this number of things, you know, of this type or whatever. And the spawns are, are generally tailored to whatever you need to accomplish so maybe mm. they'll have you do some fun stuff with like unknowns and then you know maybe along the way you can catch the other reggies and stuff for those that don't have them in their pokedex yet because please do that instead of bringing them back to raids please 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 uh, <laughs> and uh yeah I, I can't really think of anything right. else you know it's good that you mentioned that because it's it's worth noting this is a ticket item which means you need to obtain said ticket. There are obviously people right now worried that it's it's going to be a purchasable item. I don't see that happening right now, at least. But it could be them testing the waters for something in the future. They they did the the makeup go fast day for the Saturday goers mm-hmm. that was tied to a ticket on the account that caused localized spawns. And now we have this, which is probably going to be something related to that. And I just I think that's a really interesting way for the game to develop moving forward. Sure. I'm really excited about this. November 2nd. What day of the week is that? It is a Saturday. I'm, oh, wait, it's a Saturday. Wait. It, is it might a be Saturday. a Sunday. No, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. I think I'm going to take some time to go do that. That sounds good to me. All right, cool. That's it for the news. Woo, we did it. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Just kidding. We have all this other stuff to talk about. It's time for Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to do a move shakedown of all the stuff that happened that we mentioned briefly, at least some of it last week, but not the most prominent one, which was the psychic buff. Woohoo! But first and foremost, get it out of the way. Ice and Thunder Fang were added into the game. Fire Fang had its stats changed to match Ice and Thunder Fang. We mentioned Pokemon last week that could learn Ice and Thunder Fang. None of them got it. <laughs> All of the Pokemon that got Ice and Thunder Fang <laughs> don't have Stab. I, so. like how, I like how that's the first thing we talk about. after We just spent 30 minutes of speculating about things. And it's just like, all right, so we finally got an answer to this. Something we speculated about last week and we were dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... All of the Pokemon who got Ice and Thunder Fang, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the PvP section, none of them have Stab with the move. So while the moves themselves are good, good DPS, good energy generation, they're not going to do anything for you in raids because it just doesn't pan out. Like I said, they do have a potential use in PvP that will be covered later. Fire Fang, though, is really good. It's It's a really good move. It's actually better than Fire Spin in terms of DPS for raids and gyms and other some such stuff. Yeah, buddy. The thing is, the only Pokemon who has to pick between Fire Fang and Fire Spin is Entei. Everybody else has one or the other, pretty much. Yeah. So if you have Entei and you're wondering, Fire Fang, that's you want Fire Fang. It's just better. Good Go damage, good energy generation. That's the end of the Fangs. Next up is the big one, Psychic. So what happened to Psychic? First things first, they converted it to a two-bar move from a one-bar move. So now it only costs 50 energy. That's that's huge. That's a massive change. They reduced the damage slightly from 100 to 90. You know, obviously you got to compensate somewhat for cutting the energy cost in half. And they also added a 10% chance to reduce your opponent's defense in PvP. 
which is, you know, a nice buff. Is that by one stage or two stages? Yeah, it's one stage. One I'm, stage. Okay. I'm like 98% sure it's one stage. Okay. All right. But I, I still read po- PVP stuff and my eyes also start to gloss over it because like <laughs> I haven't started to take it in uh, well, yet. We've got stuff for the PVP section to talk about. Don't you worry. But what does this result in? Well, in case you couldn't tell by that, those numbers, Psychic is far and away the best Psychic attack in the game. Psy Strike withholding, of course, because it, it has to. It's far and away better than, than Future Sight, and Future Sight was already the best move over everything else at the time. If your Pokemon can learn Psychic, you want it to know Psychic, except for Psy Strike Mewtwo. This is pretty great for... Alakazam and Espeon, although Psychic is legacy for Alakazam. So if you have a Psychic Alakazam somewhere, you know, his DPS is unrivaled. It's it's monstrous, something like 30 DPS. Psy Strike Mewtwo is only like 20 to put that in perspective. But Alakazam um, is super man, squishy. So none of my Alakazams know it. Yeah, I think I only have one and it's it's a fairly new one. So but. Maybe there's going to be a raid day for Alakazam with Psychic. It seems oh, wouldn't that be it something? seems such a good opportunity. You know, Niantic loves their legacy moves, and this is just this would just get a lot of people to come do it after buffing it. One downside, though, to this whole thing, if you want to call it a downside, Psychic is now better than Synchronoise, which is a shame. Really? You know, you had that whole community day. We speculated for so long. We got upset that it was a Psychic move. And then we realized it was probably the best choice they could do. And now here we are. Psychic is already better. <laughs> Does Gallade learn Psychic as well as Synchronoise? Because that was the point. Gallade can know Psychic. So it's 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 already. Bummer. Yeah. It's uh, a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. Okay. <laughs> so don't go TMing away all your Synchronoise uh, Gallades or Gardevoirs, though. Because it's still Legacy. They may change it in the future like they change Psychic and somebody out there, maybe a collector who might want one. You know, there's always the value to a legacy move. One final note about the changes to Psychic. It makes the gap between Psychic and Psy Strike Mewtwo significantly smaller. The gap before was was monstrous. I don't remember the exact numbers, but now Psychic is only 5% behind Psy Strike. So it's not insignificant, but it... If you have a Shadow Ball Mewtwo, it might be worth it to just unlock a second move and get Psychic rather than powering up a second Shy Strike Mewtwo. And I think this has got some people upset and this has got some people happy. How do you feel about it, Chris? Uh, oh, geez. Okay. Well, I, I, so, I mean, looking ahead, I know we're going to have a, a more uh, in-depth conversation about this, but specifically about Psychic. I think uh, it was really disappointing for me to learn that Psychic was an awful move, especially in PvP in general. Uh, I mean, also in PvE, don't get me wrong. Uh, but Psychic was always kicking my butt in the Gen 1 games. So it's nice. It feels right. You know, it doesn't feel like <laughs> it doesn't feel like this move doesn't deserve it. The upset comes from, you know, the the adjustment uh, adjacently to uh, of the value of the Pokemon I have that had other things that were better before right like the synchronoise the size strike well size strike is still fine but you know what future sight in- got gutted nobody should touch future sight if psychic <laughs> is an option future Which sight is, is awful 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, I could, I mean, I could see both sides. People being like, oh no, now all of my stuff isn't good. But you're swimming in strong psychic Pokemon because uh, most of the raid bosses are like this. So I don't know. I mean, do you feel differently? No, I'm only slightly different in that it's, I think it's a little bit scummy that this happened right after Psy Strike Me 2 sure. happened. And like, that's a little bit shady. But overall, it is technically a benefit to everybody, which is which is great. Right. And leveling the playing field to a degree, bringing everything closer together just makes for a more competitive game. I mean, Psychic is better, right? But the the gap that, um, like you said before, between Psychic and Psystrike is much smaller now. It makes Psychic a better option. So I think buffing something like Psychic instead of like bringing all the others along for the ride, like Future Sight or what have you, um, I think that's the right choice is to elevate something to that middle spot instead of moving four things up from a game design perspective. Right. And like you're saying, yeah, it definitely can feel shady. You know, just like, oh, the drug just ripped out from underneath me. The whole yeah. narrative that was built around gameplay and motivation for the past month is it was a lie or something like that. <laughs> I just want one more final comment about psychic for those who care. Blissey can learn psychic. And Psychic oh is super gosh. effective against fighting types. That's right. And Psychic is very difficult to dodge. So taking gyms just got a little bit harder. Oh, man, I haven't really been seeing Blissies in gyms, and so maybe this will bring them back, and I'm not thrilled about that. All right. Well, before I start getting all caught up in this, let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Poco lore, to be specific. This week, we're going to talk about Abracadabra and Alakazam, the Psy Pokemon. Yes, if you've never noticed that before, Abracadabra Alakazam is is a joke. It is a joke. All <laughs> uh, right. So we're going to talk about all three, starting with Abra. Abra can sense danger through a telepathic radar. When it does, it teleports to a safe location. However, it sometimes becomes panicked if it wakes in an unknown location. By hypnotizing itself... Abra is able to teleport itself even while sleeping. It can use other extrasensory abilities while sleeping as well, and can even teleport into the treetops to pick and eat berries. Due to the strain of its telepathic powers, however, Abra sleeps 18 hours a day, just like a cat. If it fails to rest long enough, it will become unable to use its powers. Abra lives in urban areas, but has been observed to teleport to a different location once per hour. If it teleports randomly... It can create illusory copies. So you might have noticed that I didn't do the whole physical breakdown this time because we had such a long show. And since we're doing a three-tier Pokalore, I decided to cut it out. Sorry, listener, if that's what you live for. But Abra's been around for a long time. He's yellow. He's cute. <laughs> yep. Looks like he's wearing a vest or something. I don't know. Uh, Kadabra. Kadabra emits alpha waves strong enough to induce headaches and can even cause clocks to run backwards. Machines to malfunction. Oh and delicate devices to cease functioning altogether. The waves increase further in strength the more danger Kadabra faces. By closing its eyes, it can double the number of alpha particles it emits. When it has a <laughs> headache, the alpha waves become unusual. All of Kadabra's brain cells work in unison while it uses its powers. There was the anime episode where, was it a drowsy that was doing the, the, the hypnotizing the, the town thing? Oh, I don't remember. That's, that's I think too it was. long ago for me. Okay, well, th th this was just a few months ago for me. I, I watched it. 
Yeah, I think they did with a drone. Surprised they didn't use a Kadabra. But anyway, Sabrina's got a Kadabra, and that was cool <laughs> enough, I guess. Lastly, the big guy, Alakazam. Alakazam is able to use all forms of psychic abilities, except apparently psychic in Pokemon Go currently. The overflow <laughs> of its psychic powers can cause headaches to those nearby. These powers are used to move its body as opposed to its weak muscles. It also uses its psychic powers to hold up its head, which is too heavy to be supported by its neck. Due to its continually growing brain, its head becomes larger with age. It is said to have an excellent memory and can remember everything that it has experienced since hatching as an Abra and has an IQ that exceeds 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> it wields a silver spoon in each hand, which acts as amplifiers for its psychic abilities. The spoons are created using its psychic powers, and it may give one to someone it trusts. Alakazam is able to lower the accuracy of its opponents by bending the spoons it wields using a signature move, Kinesis. It's unclear to me why that would lower the accuracy of an opponent. Maybe they're just like, wow, look at those spoons. Oh, they're bending. I can't oh hit you Oh, that's insane, man. Whoa, I can't hurt such talent. <laughs> uh, stats include an R limited to, because that's how numbers work. Max CP is 3057. It's actually not bad. A top tier attack stat of 271. It's like wow. rank 20. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. He ain't no Mewtwo, but he's pretty good. Uh, that's balanced out by a poor defense and stamina stat of 167 and 146, respectively. I mean, I'm not going to say the rank, but it's awful. It's really awful. Don't want to you know, embarrass my dude here. Best move set. This gets a little, little dicey. Confusion Psychic, if you have the legacy move, is definitely the way to go. But if you don't have Psychic, Future Sight is a good Psychic backup move if you're looking for Psychic DPS, you know, for Stab. But Shadow Ball is also acceptable, depending on the situation. But Confusion is by and far the better move, although people like using Psycho Cut because it's quicker. So it's kind of up to you. But Confusion is better DPS flat. Kyle, how do you feel about Alakazam? Well, first, it's 271 attack. That's that's awesome. It's a shame he's not he's not better. He's he's one of the OGs, you know. He you needed to trade in order to get him in the original games in every game, I believe now, actually. Yeah. So he was always like a treasured Pokémon, at least to me as a kid cuz, you know, you couldn't get him. So it's nice to see that the psychic change lets him be more useful, even if you can't get psychic on him right now. Right. But, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep the fingers crossed for for a raid day for that. Keep that the spoons pink. bent. I'm, I'm I'm hoping. Yeah. For a shiny raid day with those shinies coming out at go fest by accident. I mean, it, yeah. I'm, yeah, they're in some body of code. That's not the depths of, you know, not being touched that they accidentally showed up at a, a current event, you know, so. I guess we'll see. Alakazam is pretty rad. Okay, you know what else is rad, Kyle? What? Want to take a wild guess? You, you have the you have the the show notes in front of you. You can just tell me. Is it more PvP move changes? It is, but you know what? Why it's special is because we haven't had anything to talk about in the PvP section for for well, I mean, besides the season two update, I haven't really talked to anything actually PvP related. And I saved one last big piece of news to discuss here. We touched on a little bit, actually, 
like three or four times, at least in passing. But trainer battle updates. This information is from GoHub and the quotes are from PokemonGoLive.com. There's three sections to this move changes, new moves, new move sets, and, you know, some additional small changes. We're going to we're going to dive into this and what this means, because this is not just for PvP. Although most of them are are PvP centric. You'll see what we mean as we dig into this. First up, Bubble Beam. Bubble Beam will decrease an opponent Pokemon's attack stat by one stage. We're excited to see what strategies this change kicks off. So for example, I think some of the flavor text that was on GoHub of them musing about this was that if you put this on like a Mantine, he'll serve more of like a support role in like a team of three. And I think that's kind of cool that that's where the thinking is. You know, you're you're not just you don't have just one anchor into like and then two answers. You have an anchor, an answer, and a support. I like that a lot. Next up, power up punch. This was this was oh man, this this hurt me because I was really <laughs> relying on power up punch for Hero Cup. Uh power up punch. Power up punch's primary purpose was intended to be rapidly boosting the attack of your Pokemon if your opponent doesn't respond quickly. The damage for power up punch will be decreased. In order to help Pokemon that can learn Power Up Punch play differently from one another by using other attacks for damage. But I just want to use one. <laughs> this should also provide clearer counterplay. Not blocking your opponent's Power Up Punches is now a more obviously right response. Okay, that's a little heavy handed. For uh, That's, come on. Okay. Just because I block Power Up Punch from time to time doesn't mean I'm actually wrong with that. No, it's the right. Okay. Psychic. We <laughs> talked about this quite a bit. Psychic will now deal more damage and be usable sooner in gym, raid, and trainer battles. We talked about the specifics. Uh, this rework is intended to make Psychic a more viable Psychic-type attack in both raids and trainer battles. Trainers now also have the chance to decrease an opponent's defense stat whenever the move is used in trainer battles. Again, 10%, probably one stage. Next up, Snarl. Snarl has been updated to have a clear energy generation role, as is most of the case for some quick moves. They've been kind of consolidating or, you know, unifying this approach over like this is exactly what they did with the fangs. This is essentially like a dark version of that to a degree. This should help the primarily offensive leaning Pokemon with Snarl like Arcanine and Luxio use important charged attacks before fainting, as well as giving the more defensive Suicune and Umbreon more frequent access to the charged attacks. I like this. Fire Fang. Fire Fang's damage has been increased to match the damage uh, that new moves Thunder Fang and Ice Fang deal. Okay. The new moves and who they were added to. Thunder Fang and Ice Fang in general. Again, we were super wrong last week because <laughs> they, that's just how it works, you know? Ice Fang was added to Suicune's move pool, which is awesome. Mightyena and uh, Mawile, Hippowdon, and Drapion. Okay. Hippowdon actually got both of these fangs, which is awesome. Thunder Fang is on Arcanine, which is cool because you can actually have a completely electric move set on Arcanine now if you take Wild Charge as a charge move. I don't know why on earth you'd want to do that. But if you want to, it's now possible for the glory of Niantic. Uh, Mydania also has Thunder Fang and Hippowdon does, like I mentioned before. But here's the big one. Steelix, if you're going to use Steelix in PvP, Thunder Fang makes him not only equal in traits, even if you don't block things like against Polyrath, who has been heralded, especially for these upcoming cups is like the man, the guy, Thunderfang Steelix out trades him in every scenario. So that's incredible. Thunderfang on Steelix. What? Okay, cool. That's neat. All right. New move sets. Alolan Raichu got Thundershock. 
This fast move will let Alolan Raichu surf its way to faster charged attacks to help make up for its light defenses. That's sweet. Alolan Sandslash got Ice Punch. Alolan Ninetales got Charm, which is pretty awesome. That's a, the only fairy fast move we have in the game. Thank goodness, looking at you, Alolan Ninetales. Golduck. Okay, I'm going to read this one. It's weird. Bubble Bean, Synchronoise, and Cross Chop were all added. With access to a few new tricks, Golduck has a new and unique pool of charged attacks that should help it stand out against the many other water types in Ultra League. Again, the flavored text <laughs> on GoHub was there's these huge paragraphs for each of the other ones. They're just like, this is what this means in layman's term. You know, for this one, they're just like, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> hey, somebody out there wanted to use 20 charged TMs to get the right move on their gold up. <laughs> so just saying. Cross chop? <laughs> Cross chop? How strange. Don't get me I wrong. Mean, I like Golduck, but I don't like Golduck enough to use him any at all. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Alolan Marowak now has access to Fire Spin, the quick move, and Flame Wheel, which I think is a charge move. Uh, Alolan Marowak's original move pool made it hard to use any fire type attacks in practice. Adding Fire Spin and Flame Wheel should give this Pokemon options to reliably deal Fire-type damage. As a reminder, Alola Marowak is Ghost and Fire-type, so that is Stab. That's pretty cool. Unfortunately, he also has abysmal base stats, so... Yeah, well, that's just you know, how it goes, you know. Uh, Mantine gets Bubble Beam. We talked about this already. New and improved Bubble Beam gives it a more supportive role amongst Great League Water types. That's cool. Mawile is getting Fire Fang, Ice Fang, and Power Up Punch. Fire Fang or Ice Fang combined with Power Up Punch allow Mawile to pose a real threat in Great League. Mawile's weakness to fire type attacks keeps it a balanced competitor. Whatever you say. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Weavile gets Snarl, which we just talked about. Snarl also. Snarl allows Weavile to hold its own as a fragile but powerful dark type attacker against team go rocket raid bosses and master league opponents. I like how they mention ultra league and master league throughout this literature. Like that's what we play. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm joking. I know a lot of people like those leagues, but it's just odd to me. I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're balancing for 1500 to be very honest, like on be. purpose. That's, yeah, that's what we're so. all doing. So, uh, additional changes, very small things, but they're very big to those of us that play a lot of PvP. The timing for damage dealt and energy charged has been improved, less of a lag, more responsive. A Pokemon's health bar will briefly pulse when it receives damage, which is nice. Again, more responsiveness is good. It feels good. So, okay, Kyle, that was a lot. What do you think about some of these changes or additions? Are there any that stood out to you? Are you excited about anything? Hmm. Hmm. Not, not really, honestly. I mean, what you're not going to make a team of six Golduck with cross chop. I mean, no, <laughs> no, not going to happen. I mean, I think it's good. Power up punch got uh, its damage reduced from what I'd seen, what I experienced just using power up punch was way too strong, especially when the Pokemon has access to another really strong move like Shadow Ball in the Kairos instance. Yeah, it was still better to just keep using power up punch, which is well, at least like one or two times. And if you're about to go down, then, you know, whip out the shadow ball if you can. But if not, 
most of the time you're dead by then. Other than that, it's it's an interesting one, but have to see how some of them fit into some of the upcoming cups that we'll have before yeah. I really decide how I feel. Definitely. Uh, from my perspective, I think the things that are really exciting is somebody that played, you know, a competitive season already. Um, I'm not the most like PVP centric person, but I, I've seen all the, the trends and stuff, right? I'm excited to see these kind of obscure Pokemon get focused on and, and brought up to a degree rather than them focusing on the things that were popular and trying to balance them down to everybody else. Cause that gets kind of confusing. You know, it, it's nice to get these, these lists of changes and have the reasoning behind them just like right there, especially in the official Pokemon go live posts. I think that's really, really neat. But yeah, this is exciting. I think a little nine tails getting charm is pretty, pretty rad. Uh, some new moves on a little Marowak is good. And snarl, I think are my highlights for sure. So, Okay, that's enough about that PPP stuff. Uh, you want to get us into that PokePole stuff? Last week's question, what are your thoughts on the EX raid system? What sort of changes would you make? Julius wrote in, I would change it so that EX raids all happen on the same day so many people could show up to increase the chances of people actually winning the raid. Tyler wrote in, I would like if EX raid passes didn't have specific dates on them and you could use them anytime you wanted. If you found EX raid time that worked for you, you just show up and use your pass. That's I, like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but I think coordinating would be difficult. I guess it's already difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people just show up at the start time, the very earliest time for the EX gym to pop and do yeah. it right there. If you don't show up at the start, you're not going to do it pretty much. True. At least in my limited experience. That's how I'm handling my EX raid on Saturday. Going at hatch, man. Going at hatch. Sheldon wrote in, I don't have too many problems with it. I thought Deoxys was fine in them and don't have a problem with Mewtwo having Shadow Ball in these. I would only hope that they rotate them monthly and add things like Regigigas to the rotation. Well. That's that's hmm. an unpopular opinion, but I'm glad someone actually has it, you know? I think at this point in time, I think we'd be excited for just about anything else that's exciting, even if it is Regigigas. Six months ago, I think we all felt uh, a lot differently than we do right now. I mean, yeah, but like Reggie, uh, spoiler alert, people who've listened so far, Reggie Gagas is awful. He's going to be awful <laughs> unless they change something last minute. Right. Catherine wrote in, instead of requiring you to go to the EX raid gym that you earn the pass at a random time that may bear no relation to when you're regularly playing, I would change it so that you can get an EX raid pass at the same time of day that you earned the pass. And the raid could be at a gym within, say, two or three kilometers of the gym you earned it at. Most EX passes that go unused are because the raid is during the player's workday. Make it so that the raid is more time-specific to the player, even if the gym may not be the exact one they raided at. I'm into that. I think that's good. The people that are going to EX uh, raids anywhere are people that are high mobility and have cars and stuff. So, I uh, I mean, by and large, that's also just true of the player base, to be very honest with you. But... I think that's the way to go. They probably wouldn't mind driving a little bit. You can even walk two or three kilometers, no problem. Yeah, just the, the time sensitivity is the, it's the key point for sure. Just the average Joe wrote in, the EX system as a whole needs to go. It worked when there are no better options for distributing powerful Pokemon. See Shadow Ball Mewtwo. However, I think Rocket Stops can and should be used to supplement EX raids. 
EX raids are a way for Niantic to build a time gate for giving the majority of the player-based mythical Pokemon that they just didn't want to build special research for. EX raids are equitable to Flower Crown Eevee research breakthroughs. Some people get a lot of enjoyment out of it, while everyone else is like, okay, but why? <laughs> it is an interesting, is an interesting comparison. I would not, I would not put EX raids in the same category as Flower Crown Eevee. Uh, I, I, think, I definitely see I definitely see the the logic and the thought process going into it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's because I think it's more like they're less similar and more similar in the fact that the uh, yeah, the resp- the player responds uh, that. OK, but why is oh man, that just that resonated with me. <laughs> Goodness. OK, next up, Pidgey Grabba with two EX gyms within walking distance from my house and ample parks with tons of EX eligible gyms. It's very difficult to get a time that works for the entire raid crew. I think options are key. Altaria Ego. EX invites go out the same as they always do, but there's not a 45-minute time frame. It's 24 hours. You show up whenever in that time frame and do as much damage to the boss as you can. Same as normal raid. At the end of the 24 hours, you get a notification that either enough people did enough damage and you get a research encounter with however many premier balls as your damage slash friend boost, whatever you would normally get, or you get a notification that the raid has failed and you get the raid failed dust. I really like that. You know what? That's my favorite idea that I've heard for EX yeah. raids. That it's fantastic. But you're, you're maybe also not 24 from, hours, maybe 12 hours, but yeah. You're also coming from the perspective of somebody that plays a, a fair amount of Summoner's War and stuff like that. And the, the guild things in there when you're doing like large raids, isn't it similar? Yeah. It, yes, there there is a couple of different content in other games, especially where they do it asynchronously. And I definitely think there's a a market or a niche inside Pokemon Go for something asynchronous to be added. And for those who don't know what I mean by that, when you used to refer to asynchronous in video games, it's you do a certain amount of content at your own pace, and then everybody else also does their own content. And then it all kind of matches up online automatically by itself at a different time. Basically the exact same way that was described here by Alteria Ego. Yeah, I think I think this is also my favorite idea so far. Uh, but we got a couple more to get through here. Just Jack said, our town has about 25 gyms. None of them are EX. But saying that, everyone went out of their way to get Deoxys for a year with EX raids. And they got all the forms in the special raid hours. So kind of pointless. Make more and vary the times of the raids you get invited to. Short and sweet. Legendary Moose said, Fire EX raids. If they want to do a weekly rotating raid at what are now known as EX gyms that features the current boss, that would be cool. Attach the weekly EX pass to research breakthrough and or your seven-day spin streak. That would incentivize playing to get passes to anyone who wants it. That also makes it so you can hold a pass for the following week if you can't make the time slash day for the current one. It would also encourage community collaboration, especially for the more difficult bosses. They could also cut what gyms are eligible in half, at least. Attaching them at the end of a rotating weekly dinner hour raid system could work really well. After the dinner hour raids are done, pop an egg up on EX gyms with a 15-minute timer and let people go for it from there. I also really like that kind of like draw people out and like they, they already did this with the Meltan thing. We were all out for community day and at the end 
worldwide at our different times or different periods, there was like this strange little pocket of time where there's all these Meltan stuff. It's like they can do this at the end of the window of an event or something like that. Just the people, especially for the raid hours, like Mu is saying, they're already out there. They're already about to do it. If you pop that egg and it's a special Pokemon and like, let's say it's kind of like um, they don't even announce it. It's kind of like an after credit scene for a movie. You know, you're not sure if it's going to be there, but you're pretty sure they're going to do it because it's Marvel. And why wouldn't they? And uh, I think I think that would win. I think it's a winning idea, too. I, I think there's definitely positive ideas here, especially the like the seven day streak, potentially giving an EX pass or something, give people rewards for playing. I'm not as sold about like after dinner hour raid egg popping up just because that's more stuff that could go wrong technically. And I'm sure Niantic doesn't want to open themselves up to to more issues like that. Hmm. That would make people upset because it's a weekly occurrence or something like that. Fair enough. I agree. Uh, uh, ups and downs. So, so the winning, the winning thing here, <laughs> Alteria Ego, you think? No, well, for sure. That's the best idea I've heard so far. I think so too, but there was just so many other good points. Anyway, this is probably one of the most successful and interesting Pokepoll questions we've asked before. So thank you all that responded. This is not even near all the responses. We would be here for another hour if we dug through all of them. Um, so we did read all of them. Don't worry. We're not ignoring you, <laughs> but these were a, a wide variety of, of answers for sure. Uh, what's this week's Pokepoll question going to be, Kyle? So this week's question is, how do you feel about Niantic adjusting existing Pokemon moves? Example, given Psychic this last week, as well as to a lesser extent, Fire Fang and stuff like that. So is this more of a question about like uh, game quality, game balance, game design than anything else? Or to me, it's I'm more interested in people's gut feeling, how, how they feel for their own personal play. What does it mean to them? Right, right. Is it is it a positive? Are you happy? Niantic keeps, you know, is doing this. Should they keep doing it? That kind of thing. OK. All right. Well, how, how do you feel about this? I'm just on the fence personally. Like I totally see the positives and the negatives of doing something like this. Positive stuff gets stronger. More options start to exist. That's great. Negative. You invested 300,000 Stardust into that Pokemon and now there's a better version of it that wasn't better before. And, you know, it's maybe it's part of that fear of missing out and it kind of contributes to that. that. But I, I think it's healthy for the game and needs to keep happening. Like, hey, Niantic, let's do Earthquake next. <laughs> oh, just saying. Please, just please. saying. Earthquake needs some love or just give us a better move than Earthquake and give it to everybody that has Earthquake. <laughs> That'd be really great. Uh, so, okay. Tell me, is this conversation not dissimilar from like a CP rebalance conversation as well? Like it kind of stinks up front for people. That were, you know, especially if you did like PvP stuff. Actually, that came before the PvP stuff, so that didn't really happen. Yeah. But in, in the, some people were investing in Blissies like a lot because they were the gym defenders, and then they scaled down their HP and stuff like that, and brought their CP down as well. People were frustrated about that. But ultimately, looking back at that, that was really, really good. It was a good move. So at first, people are kind of upset about it, but overall, I mean, a lot of these changes and adjustments—they're not just made for no reason. They're made to 
they're made with uh, game integrity and longevity in mind, or at least, you know, that's, that's what they probably think. And, and they've been pretty good about it so far. So uh, how do I feel about Niantic adjusting existing Pokemon moves? I think it's good, but at the same time, like I'm totally here for you if you're upset about it, because when the CP rebalance happened, I was a little bit upset about a couple of Pokemon that I had that <laughs> became a lot less useful. I, I get it. <laughs> But, you know, I would say to those people at the same time, like, try it out. See how you feel in a couple of weeks. You know, you might change your opinion just based on the the type of environment that the game is then in. Right. I, I definitely I definitely agree. It's it's a wait and see kind of thing. Although we only had one change at this point. If they do like drastic changes in the future, that'll definitely be a wait and see how everything kind of levels out. Oh, definitely. I mean, so besides like the change to energy generation and the damage and stuff like that, I mean, they're also they added they changed Fire Fang, right? And they added a couple of effects and stuff to other moves and things like that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's all kind of over the board. It might just be a case by case basis, to be very honest. I think the psychic change is a good move, but guess we'll see. Nobody seems to be as upset about this as they were about the PvP, uh, like the, the change delay that they did for swapping your Pokemon in and out. That was people were very, very vocal about that, less so about the psychic change. So that's interesting to see. If you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, how do you feel about Niantic adjusting existing Pokemon moves? You can answer when we post it on social media, like on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And speaking of emails, our first email is from Catherine. Kyle, what did she have to say? Catherine wrote, Dear GoCast crew, Hope that you have managed to find yourself a shiny member of the murderous duo this past weekend. I have not, personally. I don't think Chris did either. duo? The Zangoose and Viper. No. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. I would have let you know. I tried. I wanted to write to you about the trade Pokemon from 10,000 kilometers apart task that yielded either a Zangoose or a Viper, depending on your native regional. I've seen a lot of people claim that the distance involved was somehow unreasonable, that it should have been 5,000 kilometers instead is the usual number. That it was evidence that Niantic doesn't play their own game, or that it is impossible if you're not a spoofer, or even that the task itself is a spoofer's delight. I found myself really frustrated with this attitude. I completed the task 63 times over the course of the event, most of the time with three quests stacked up at once, using Pokemon either acquired from 7k eggs or foreign trips. I am not a spoofer, none of the people I traded with were or are spoofers. And spoofers didn't need to do the task anyway, as they could shiny hunt in the Pokemon's native spaces. Ooh, that's a good point. In fact, many had never even left the United States in their lifetimes. The task required some coordination, but it wasn't actually that difficult if you did some planning. But even if it was difficult, that doesn't make the task bad or mean that Niantic was wrong to set the distance that you literally had to trade something from the other side of the world. The reward for the task was an out-of-place regional, and my trades for this task got at least a dozen people their dex entry for Zangoose. I didn't get a shiny, but some of my community did. A shiny we could not have natively hunted for. The reward was worth a difficult task, at least in my opinion. I got the joy of the hunt, the satisfaction of helping others complete their part of their decks, and along the way I ended up with a lucky Kangaskhan, a lucky Farfetch'd, a lucky Drillbur, and a lucky Zangoose from all the trades. Whoa, what a haul. Yeah, some some good Pokemon there, especially that lucky Drillbur. Yeah. Plus about 200k on my pilot's badge and distance trades. I wish there were more tasks like this one, not less. I really wish people would think about creative ways to solve them rather than just assume that only people cheating can fulfill a challenging task. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, I really like this email. I think the logic is sound. And man, definitely I feel that frustration with the whole like, oh, people, the, a lot of people are complaining about this, but it's very doable if you really think about it. But I'm not so sure that every player was necessarily thinking about it in the same way that Catherine and I, or, or even you, Kyle, might, you know. What do you think? I definitely agree in, in some capacities with Catherine here in that some people maybe are overly negative about it. It is it is quite an extreme number. I think everybody can agree with that. Yeah. I was struggling pretty much. I traded something from Japan and from Australia. And I only have one friend in each place right now to get to, to 10 kilometers from my 7K eggs. One thing I think a lot of people who are responding to this negatively might not have known at the moment was that Pokemon you hatch from 7K eggs count as coming from that region. And if you don't know that's a thing, that could make this task actually worth having this attitude about. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because they probably look at that and they're like, how am I supposed to do this? It's easy to forget because everyone's listening here. Chris and I, you know, we're put on the show. We're involved in all of this the hardcore aspect of the game and want to try and find all the information we can. A lot of people don't play the game like that. A lot of people play it just to play it. And then when they see something this extreme, suddenly they feel passionately enough about it that they post online, even though they might not have otherwise. Yeah. That vocal minority. So I, I think it's, it's a cool task. I would like to see it a little bit less (laughs) like, Personally, I, I didn't care for completing it. I already had my Zangdu, Zangus dex entry from before they swapped regions, Zangus. which I also traded to Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Though. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cut. I'm not sure if I can cut it out now because I'm just laughing too much. But <laughs> Zane Deuce. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Okay. Pretend all it right. Didn't happen. Okay. All right. All right. All right. How about this? I have an idea. Okay. So you're like, I would like to see this task a little bit less. What if it was more, right? What if it was like a hundred thousand kilometers, but it was instead of in one trade, you had to trade a total distance of a hundred thousand kilometers and you could do it over multiple trades. I, I could see that working. That might be a, that's a very large number. Okay. 10,000. Keep it at the 10,000. So well. if you, you're like, oh, I can do this in one Australian egg hatch. Uh, and then a trade, or I can do this in 20 local trades or, you know, across the, like my brother's in California or something. Or I could hatch, you know, two England trades, which I have, I have actually a decent amount of friends over in the UK. It seems kind of just silly that it's so limited to only 10,000 when opening a gift from someone in the UK, that's across the world. That's, you know, that's pretty dang far. Yes. It's less than 10,000. It is less than 10,000, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. more than five. So, yeah, I think if they did that, if they change that in the future, uh, maybe with this feedback, they'll probably arrive to that conclusion themselves. Hopefully, fingers crossed here. But that would that would still keep the spirit of the task in mind and, and forefront, right? So if somebody's like, I don't want to do 100 trades from somebody down the street. I want to get somebody from two streets over. I'll only do 50 trades, you know, something like <laughs> or, you know, somebody I, that really knows the game, the nuances can be like, I'll just do this one from really far away. I also might be just a little bit salty because I don't keep my distance hatches. I hatched my eggs from my Australian and Japanese friends, and then I immediately trade them to my girlfriend for the distance. Yeah. Because I didn't think I would need to save them. 
Yeah, know? I only keep them for trades if I have a reason to do so. I'm not really grinding out the pilot badge. So uh, anyway, uh, Catherine, thank you so much for that email. That was really quite the insightful email. This next email is from Victor. Victor had to say, hello, GoCast. I'm writing this after I listened to episode 62. Uh-oh, I'm going to blow the dust off my memory banks here for a second. Um, <laughs> I believe that berries are both useless and helpful. In particular, Nana berries. I have seen so many people on Twitter saying they are bad. However, I think they are quite useful at Team Goal Rocket Stops because the shadow Pokemon tend to be quite hard to catch because of their flighty nature. I've been struggling with storage, but I always dispose of tons of Pokeballs and potions. Anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Sincerely, Victor the Yamper. I just want to say I hear a lot of people talking about the Rocket Stops and the Nabberries being useful for them. I've only done like 30 something, something in that regard, but I've always used a Raspberry to catch it. So I can't say that I relate. Yeah, but the, I don't think everybody is as good at or same thing, right? A nuance about this game, the Pokemon hatching distance sort of deal. Another thing is people don't think about the circle trick unless somebody tells them, right? So you, you wait until mm -hmm. the attack animation goes and you can time your Pokeball. So it will almost always guarantee it if you time it correctly to hit a Pokemon. Some people don't think about that or they don't have the patience for it. So uh, I could I could get that too. Nanap Berries definitely helps out for that sort of player. That's that's fair. I guess, I don't know, I just never saw Nanabs like that, even when I was new. That's mm -hmm. not true. I totally 100% use Nanabs on Zubats, because now I just don't catch Zubats. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't like catching them at all, because they're, they move around too much, to be very honest. Uh, so do, um, it's it's not that they move around too much, it's that the way that they move is uniquely frustrating for me. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's just, oh, come on. Anyway, uh, next email is from Aaron. What did Aaron have to say, Kyle? Aaron says, hello, Chris and Kyle. Chris, congratulations on completing 500 raids this summer. Thank you. Hearing your experience has motivated me to set a long-term goal for myself. Unfortunately, I don't have the spare change to buy a bunch of boxes in the shop, so I decided to go a different direction with my goal. I just hit 3,000 total kilometers walked in Pokemon Go, and I decided I wanted to reach 4,000 by the end of 2019. I'll need to walk 75 kilometers per week, roughly, to reach 4,000. I'm excited to challenge myself to complete this goal and hopefully enjoy many great experiences along the way. Have an awesome week, Aaron. That's a goal. That's a, I that's think a that's awesome. Goal. I think I just want to say that's such a it's such a great Pokemon Go goal because Pokemon is about getting out. Most people, they don't. They don't worry about the distance unless it's in regards to just hatching, you know, how far you got to go to hatch the egg, basically. Right. But the thing about this, though, too, is that 75 is pretty doable. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's going to take effort for sure, but it's not crazy. It's not like I have to do 200 kilometers a week, which people can also do. But unless you're marathon training, I don't see. Seems like a bad idea. 75 kilometers is like that's that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm into this. Good luck, Aaron. This next email is from Missy. Hi, Chris and Kyle. Chris, congratulations on completing 500 raids this summer. Thank you. That's a huge accomplishment. You must be so proud. I don't know if proud's the... Anyway, uh, recall <laughs> before summer began, and while Ness was still on the show, there was a bet. Ness bet Chris if he completes the 500 raids, she will get a Whalmer tattoo. So I was wondering, has the bet been settled? Thanks again, Missy. All right, so uh, <laughs> Ness gets kind of a pass because she's no longer involved with the show, although she will be on from time to time. Uh, her focus has gone elsewhere, and and since then she's since got 
<laughs> she has a lot of tattoos already. Very tasteful in places that she can easily cover up and stuff for like work when she needs to. And I'm not so sure a whale is going to really fit in. So we'll I'll, I'll I'll put my head together with her and think of something else and get back <laughs> to you. But I think the whale tattoos may be off the, the table. It could be a temporary tattoo. Like you know what? Maybe you we know, could do a that. Semi, like a semi permanent one. Yeah, or I could just take a bunch of sharpies to her arm and just go to town, and it'll just be there for like a month, and then she'll get like poisoning through her skin from it and stuff. And you know what? Never mind. That with you? Yeah. Well, because she, I did it while she was asleep. She just wakes up. She's like, "Why is there a crudely drawn Whalemer on my arm?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last email is from Ian Bloom. Kyle, take it away. Ian wrote. Hi, GoCast. Still listening. Still here. Thanks for the entertainment. You got it. Figured I'd update you on my goals. I got way more than three mudkips that day. Seven. Wow. I did not get the Articuno or Ho-Oh yet, though I have a few potential trades lined up. Summer flew by. Too much work to get done and travel. At level 38 and a half currently, still a long way to go from 40 with three months left. You can totally do it. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a tough one, but you can do it. Here is my updated shiny legends list. Currently missing Articuno, Ho, Kyogre, Rayquaza, Latias, Mewtwo, Cresselia, and now Giratina. Giratina. Uh, Giratina. I can't <laughs> look. This is Chris's funny pronunciation, not mine. I'm just rolling with it. Okay. Look, it's to save time, and every time we just we. we... <laughs> we subvert the purpose of it by explaining to our, each other, not even to listeners, what we're doing. Just like to each At other. At one point, like, oh. it'll be natural and it'll save time. And by that point, we'll never see another Giratina again. I'm so, just, you know. I'm just tickled pink that that Ian uh, capitalized the A. Pe- people are, it's catching on. You know, with at least one person, I've changed <laughs> one person's life for the better. So there it is. Congratulations on completing 500 raids of summer on time, Chris. What a marathon. No. Good hunting, Ian. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. You've done it's... a marathon and you've done 500 raids of summer. <laughs> Where do you weigh in on this? Neither of which I think I would want to do again. But it was a fun experience <laughs> both times. Yes, I'm enjoying my post-runner uh, retirement in Pokemon Go. <laughs> But anyway, Ian, thank you so much for the email and, and good luck catching all of the ones that you're missing. He also attached a uh, a list of Pokemon that they currently have. It's it's rather long. My goodness. There's also Lucky Shinies as well listed here. It's nuts. Uh, so uh, good luck, Ian, finishing that list and let us know how it's going. Okay. Again, if you guys want to send us an email, you can send it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also visit our website at gocastpodcast.com. There's a contact us tab you can fill out the form there from you know from the actual website without leaving and that'll send us an email as well many people do that it works i I, well at least it worked as of today because we got one from there uh twitter at gocast podcast follow us there like us on facebook at the gocast podcast if you'd like to help support the show monetarily you know help us keep the lights on around here you can support us on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast podcast. And yes, we do have a Discord for those that give at the lowest tier, just $1 a month. And you can even then join our ever-growing PvP group. Well, You can just throw your name on our, our Excel sheet and we'll all rush you to Ultra Friends and stuff like that. Like, it's really, it took us a couple of months to really get the wheels uh, rolling on this. But 
man, it it has paid off. I don't know, Kyle, this is your first uh, cup that we're in the midst of right now. How's the PvP experience for you? It's a good time. I'm, I'm having fun. Also, my investment for Stardust was a lot lower than I was expecting initially. So we'll see how that pans out as we do more because it's going to start hurting because I'm low on Stardust. But it's nice to be able to do PvP. I think it's fun, too. Yeah. Hey, uh, really quick. Uh, there was there's some more breaking news that's happening before we wrap up with goals and stuff. There's a whole bunch of new shadow Pokemon that were added in the code from this patch that just went out to Google and then we'll be pushed to the Apple Store soon. These shadow Pokemon include Onyx and Steelix, Shuppet, Banette, uh, Duskull, Dusclops and Dusk Noir, Sableye, Snowrun to Glalie, Snover, Obama Snow, Delibird. And Stantler. Deli Bird and Stantler. Well, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, there is this really cheeky thing, the move Giga Impact. It was changed from 9,000 to 9,001. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelvin, another code diver, just tweeted, Giga Impact is now over 9,000. I love that. That's really, really wonderful. <laughs> I bet there's going to be so much more to glean from this uh, patch in the next coming few days and stuff like that. So if you want to keep up to date with what we're up to date with, follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast.com. Okay. Mr. Kyle. Yes. It's goal setting time. So uh, what are you thinking for this upcoming week? Huh? Yeah. I got an EX raid to do this Saturday. So I'm going to put that on my goals just to make sure I get that done. Cause I, I want to, maybe it'll be shiny, you know, fingers crossed. Maybe. 200,000 Stardust because I didn't make it last week. Going to put that 25 on my uh, Unova medal and see if maybe I can have more luck catching Tepig or Snivy. Or maybe I'll find a Litwick in the following week, you know? Okay, don't say it out loud. You'll jinx yourself, man. I I haven't seen any shadows. I haven't seen any shadows, so... My fingers are not crossed. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Like I said before in previous episodes, Pokemon Go players are superstitious creatures. <laughs> yeah. Every little bit helps, man. I'm telling you. All right, cool. So I've got, you know, do an EX raid, 200,000 Stardust and 25 on your Unova medal. Yep. That's my goals. All right, cool. Sounds good. I want to get 26 in my Unova medal. It's okay. <laughs> Gotta maintain. Gotta maintain that sliver of a lead you know what i'm talking about uh besides that i've also got an ex raid i want to make sure that i actually go to because i'm I'm (laughs) so used to not doing them now hopefully we both come back next week with a shadow bomb you two i'm also really interested at taking on whatever sort of i've never done a blind goal before but whatever stuff is going to come up with this team rocket event i really i'm hoping that there's something that we can kind of engage with this week that i can do so whatever that is that's one of my goals okay and i know that's a terrible way to go but here we go yep rocket stuff is what i'm adding and then additionally to that my last goal is going to be getting my sinister cup team together gosh almost forgot that was a thing we'll talk more about sinister cup probably next week in our pvp section so wow it's been a monstrous episode thank you guys so much for listening all the way to the end uh we love you to pieces for it and we'll see you guys next week in episode 66 bye-bye bye